shot. Don't give them clear shot. Don't give them clear shot. Don't give them clear shot. Let's do this. So we just watched Triple H talk shit to like fucking <laughs> so like a whole bunch of people olds, on like a bunch enough. of twenty year olds, bunch of dudes who were like chance to be on reality TV. I'm in, and That's, then he went. Oh yeah, really? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That so was, you're like, doing this up. just to be on TV because mm-hmm. whoever wins said? is going to be a pro wrestler and you're going on the road for 300 days Yeah, <laughs> straight. And they don't want. Is, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that's what you're doing? You're signing up. That's for why that? I'm glad that like the 2K games are a thing because then I can just pretend that I do all that. Right. Yeah. Without having, it's unfortunate paint. only because the two, the two, two K games are always shitty. They're always exactly the same. I don't get it, man. Yeah. I don't get it. I, you've I, played no mercy for N64. Yep. You know what it feels like when the game is perfect. So how do you not just make more of that game? Yeah. Where I'd, they got it perfect. I loved the... I don't get it. Like the older PS2 ones. Like, uh, shut Smackdown. your mouth. Here comes the Here pain. Comes the pain. My, was incredible. My favorite one was uh, the first SmackDown versus Raw with Vince McMahon's face on the cover. That's a good one. That's my favorite I one. I liked Here Comes the Pain because you could like hit the special button again and it does the fucking camera thing. But think about how good those games would have been if the gameplay felt like No Mercy. Did. Right. Like the pace... The way the characters move, the locomotion of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... It was nailed on N64. In okay, all of yeah. them. Do not just No Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Even all the way... Like, I see right now, in your N64, you have World Tour. World Tour. That game is incredible. Yeah. And it's so bare bones. And it's weird, but it has when you the same watch, physics um, engine. It has the same exact thing. And if you play Def Jam Vendetta, it has the same thing, too. Like, it's the exact same game. With, like, a reskin. It basically. is. Which is because it's... Uh, who THQ. made it? THQ, right? Yeah. yeah. THQ yep. was, rest in peace, pour one out for THQ. They got all their uh, shit bought out, and uh, they're back. Uh, they're THQ Nordic now. And they're that's apparently, real, yeah. they're apparently releasing a Time Splitters HD collection this year. No yeah. way. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. That yeah. game's incredible. And, because uh, they bought it off of Crytek. Crytek was in the middle of remaking uh, all three of them and then scrapped it and then shelved it. Or not scrapped it, they shelved it. And THQ Nordic was like, uh, yeah, Time Splitters? Yeah, the game that everybody loves, that yeah. Yeah. Uh, that everybody wants what? a new one of, we'll buy that off you. You're selling that? Oh, yeah, we'll take it. Oh, yeah, only well. only only $5 million or however fucking cheap it was. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Here, we'll I mean, throw in some almonds. Games yeah. There. There's a lot of games that are, like would have super high demand. I mean, like Skate 3, you got Jesus Sonic Adventure. Even Sonic, there was a talk about Sonic Adventure 3, and that never happened. That's the and thing. they're thinking about Sonic remaking. Adventure 1 and 2 were incredible. Yeah. Well, I think they're thinking about remaking Sonic Adventure 2. What would it be I, on I Switch, assumably? That. I feel like Nintendo has Probably, strong ties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are awesome. Got dress socks for the office. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. I think I said it on the podcast. This year I'm going to be working. I'm not, I'm not going to be at uh, the manor anymore. Finally, after three years, going to work in my dad's uh, tax office this year. So nice, if you are, man. If you're going to get your taxes done, click. 
Word. <laughs> Legit. Because we, we get our taxes done together. We have to, it's complex because we're married and own a home and Stace doesn't get taxes taken out of her wage so she has to pay in at the end of the year and shit. Yeah. It's chaos, man. It's fucking chaos. Oh, I would not want to have to pay in. Yeah, fuck <sighs> It's tough. It gets mediated a little bit because I get back, but I just, I mean, whatever I get so back weird. is just going to go to what I, like, right. even if I got the money, I'm just going to put it towards Towards whatever hers, the fuck, yeah. you know? Well, it just gets, it's weird. It doesn't weird, do me like, any good when, to be like, well, that's my money. No. Yeah. It, well, now she's in the fucking hole. Yeah. Yeah, It's stupid, true. so. Everyone around you gets a fucking tax refund, and then you're like, yeah, I paid $570. It sucks. Oh, sure. $500? <laughs> <laughs> you mean 5000 yeah. <laughs> She really? has to pay in like $5,600 or some Jesus shit. Jesus Christ. Poss- possibly more, dude. I mean, she makes good money. She's a tattoo artist, and she makes really good money. She's probably the best tattoo artist in the fucking city. Right, so and I guess that's, she's, that helps you a little bit. You know, bit, she right? has a good reputation and shit, yeah. and uh, she makes good money. Mm-hmm. However... When you make good money, fucking, you, uh, they're going to tax it. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works. The more you make, the more you're going to pay in. So every year, she's onward and upward. She's making more money and doing cooler shit. But then every year, she's going to have to pay in more. So yeah, that is what it is. Yep. That's America, dude. Yep. Um, oh, you made money? Thank, thanks for half of it. <laughs> <sighs> thanks for give, giving it all back to me. Speaking oh, of taxes, you want to hear something that I, I found out that I thought was strange? Uh, with the NFL, uh, you get game checks, obviously. You get paid sure, per of, game. Sure, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you get paid so, per game, right? Yeah. Uh, the taxes you pay in are different where you play the game. Yes. And it's the only company yes. that's like that. Oh, that's yeah, weird yeah. shit. Yeah. Because they have to pay you. Like, if you... so. And I could be wrong on this, but my understanding of it, which is limited, but I it seems yeah. to be correct, is so they sign a hard copy contract that's this much money over this much years, right? But that's just saying we're going to make sure you get paid that much money over these years. So yeah, they yeah, break it up into these guaranteed. different payments that you're guaranteed. Yes. You can make more, but you're never going to make less. And then every time they play a game, they're getting paid a set amount that's negotiated in that contract, but it's paid for playing that game. Yeah. But they play those games in different states, so they have to follow Abide different states' tax. Yeah. tax law. Yeah. Because there's different... Because some states, there's just no taxes. Yeah, like on taxes. Your wage. Like taxes, there's no wage tax. Yeah. So if you play a, game, a football game in the NFL in Texas... You, that check is going to be fat shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you play it in New York, it's going to be dog shit. Yeah, there was a player. <laughs> there was a player on the Raiders that they were like asking about. You know, uh, are you excited to be playing in Las Vegas? And he was talking about. He was like, Yeah. He goes, Because I'm sick of the taxes in California. Because yep. you're guaranteed as the Raiders, you're guaranteed to play not only eight games in California, but you also Ugh. have to play the Chargers. So you have Jesus. to play nine games in California. So that's right. nine of if, your paychecks. If you're playing that get any team like from the <laughs> NFC West, you're also playing up to 10, 11 games in California. Yeah, and you're yes, getting and taxed think about, up the ass. And think about that too, because their their hard copy guarantee is going to be gross. It's going to be say say you sign. I don't know what kind of money. They well, there's get, three stadiums. Say in you New sign York on too. for ten million dollars, right? right? Say you sign on ten million dollar three year deal or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Like, but let's say that's what it is. Is, right, contract, yeah. then uh, that's not ten million dollars 
after tax. Oh, that's wow. just ten million they're going to cut you checks for, exactly. and then all the taxes that come out of that are going to. You could have a great year playing for one team where most of your games are low taxes, or you could play in New York the where you have to is, play three different fucking New York teams. You're playing fucking like. 15 I mean, the games reality is work. you're still making millions of dollars. Sh- yeah. Of course, yeah. Like you're not fucking you're doing not bad. Starving. Yeah. And the good thing, I guess, the caveat. I like that word. I like that you use it earlier. It's in my vocal. It's in my. Uh, uh, my, I logged uh, that one in there. Yeah, but I logged it in. It's in Ooh, my, man. Uh, my You downloaded <laughs> that one into your fucking uh, shit. The good thing about playing in like LA or New York is the fucking media coverage. Well, that's the thing. The media like, coverage. You're going to pay more taxes, yeah. but guess what? Those are the two most major cities in They're the country. In the markets. And it's a big deal if you're yeah, fucking yeah. around them. It's like Yankees. Sure, every time you get paid your fucking game check by the Yankees, like, yeah, sure, they're going to tax it. However, you're on the Yankees, mm. and that's everybody's favorite team because it's the best baseball team yeah it doesn't it's i i heard nash say this this is convoluted but kevin nash talking about uh leaving wwf to go to wcw back in the day he said it doesn't matter who's in the fucking world series do you want to play on whatever teams in the world series or do you want to play in the fucking yankees that's what i'm saying yeah that's you want to play on the yankees the guys that's the best franchise the guys that want to fight in the ufc so yeah, you're not yep, going to want to yeah, fight why, in like, You're going to go fight in Ryzen where you're going to get fucking KO'd by Gabby Garcia who fights two guys at the same time or some shit because mm-hmm. she's 6'8 and does roids. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, That's a shit show. And the UFC is the most exposure, the most amount of the guys that are universally considered to be the best in the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where you go to find out if you're the real deal. Unless you're like Cody Rhodes or something and you take off from WWE you go, and... Just, I'm going to show you guys I'm one of the best in the world on my terms. And guys have done that now in UFC, and they go to Bellator because they're going, well, that's the next best thing. Like they go there, and now look at the fucking, look at the landscape of Bellator. Yeah, Bellator actually is a, we talked it's about It's never this. been better. A really good roster. Never yeah. been better, dude. Roy McDonald is the obviously the guy that's yeah. the example, but so many people are doing that. And now you have one FC doing the same shit. They just got to fucking Demetrius Johnson, dude. Yeah. You can't argue with that. The second you get the consensus, like... Pound for pound. Like, he's either number one or number two pound for pound fighter to ever live. Yeah. And he now chooses to fight for one FC. Yeah. And you know they're going to pay him. I don't know how much of it was, like, him wanting to. I think he got traded for Askren. wanting Askren, yeah. Yeah. Um which I am so like. Which makes sense. I mean, look, DJ's beat out that whole fucking division. He wiped the floor with the division. Lost and he's only going to keep mega injured. He's only going to keep And that's winning. not to take away from Henry Cejudo because he's incredible. Yeah. But uh, he lost finally after yeah. all these years after completely strutting through the division, however he felt like yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, he was walking backwards through the whole fucking people. ranking system. Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. It, it wasn't even fair. He literally fought. I, you can't name a guy he didn't fight and beat like uh, twice. Yeah, yeah. And then he finally fought Henry, and Henry got him. And then he went, you know, it's time. It's time to try something different, and move on. And one's probably a good place for him. There's a lot of really good guys there too. Yeah. Well, it's just going to be interesting seeing Askren. Like, I don't know how he's going to. I mean, he fighting he, Dillashaw, right? No, he's um, fighting uh, Robbie Lawler. Really? Okay, That's going to be awesome. He, he probably going to win that one, actually. Well, the thing is, is I think he, I think he wins that. Who's Askren's one of those things where? Oh, uh, Cejudo is. 
Okay, that's yeah, who I was thinking. Yeah, they're doing a yeah. champ versus champ deal. That's yeah. going to be an incredible yeah. fight, too. Um, uh, Askren fighting almost anybody in that division is going to be a nightmare. It because is. Because it's like everybody that knows wrestling. Khabib, Askren versus Khabib. Cormier, be... everybody. They all go, wait until you guys see how much Askren's going to come in and completely control yep. the fight, whether anybody likes it or not. And it's not going to be a fun fight to watch. Yeah. It's not going to be exciting. He's going to piss pound and ground and pound guys and yep. out wrestle anybody that's hold ever you the stepped fuck foot down. in that division. Uh, and yeah. they're going to have to just accept it. Yeah, you're not going to go anywhere. See, I love watching those fights, though, dude. Me I too. Love, but I like that's Tyron we're fans of true. MMA. That's true. That fans yeah. like, I, love, I love Tyron Woodley, and I hate how he gets the shaft so hard. Because he's like he has the same style as like Floyd Mayweather. He's unbelievable, man. Yeah. See, that's why I was he's such a fucking GSP fan. Like Correct. he was just so good at controlling guys, yeah. but he also could strike it and when well, he needed to. That's a, to me, Tyron Woodley is the he's the he's the sim- GSP level similar. guy. Like yeah. he fights a similar way, yeah. and he he follows the same like mentality of just like full discipline, dedication. Takes it mega seriously. Yeah. He's a champion's champion and. He gets shit on for who the fuck knows why. Well, I, he just kills everybody. Everybody that is terrifying. It's just is is I mean, very valid terrifying competitors like Darren Till, Wonder Boy, yeah. those dudes. He just he handles it them. Just he comes down to casual them fans. I, mean, I think casual True. fans. Yeah, casual just, fans. It's like they want to see a knockout every time. They do. Yeah. That's just and how to it be is. fair, they want to see the fucking. I mean, Nunez. I like to see knockouts. They want to see Nunez cyborg. Like that's what they want to see. Oh, I, mean, I, said, boy, I fucking missed it. That's I so went, fucked up. I went downstairs to make a drink, and as I'm coming back up the stairs, I hear them all freaking out. It's already over. Yep. It's oh, already yeah. over, and I thought they were fucking with me. And I, of nope. course, I walk in, and I'm like, "What it's happened?" And then he's like, "The fight's over. over." I go, "No, it's not." And I look over, and the fight's over. I'm like, "What yep. the fuck?" That's something I love. I love that that Amanda Nunes won that yes. fight because yeah. that's that was a rare opportunity in MMA for something that I've been waiting to see for a long time, which is not necessarily the women, it's not necessarily the men, it's not it doesn't depend on weight class. What it is is you take a single division and uh so it could be heavyweight, could be anything and you go Here's a guy who's been through absolutely everybody. He's done everything, and he's completely proven that it's arguable that he is the best. Mm -hmm. And now the only other argument for whether or not they're the best is this other person who's also done that. So now you had this ultra-rare opportunity where nobody failed drug tests. There was no controversy. There was no bullshit. Just the two undeniable best to ever fight in women's fighting faced each other yeah. and we now have a decisive clear cut answer to who actually is the greatest women's fighter of all time yep. and it's not debatable and it's Ronda it Rousey. is Amanda Nunes <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's Ronda all that, yeah. that builds up you're like it's yeah. Ronda Rousey and it is Rousey no <laughs> and it is fucking what's her name Tanya Avenger who won the title Cyborg went very cool that's my division and she went I quit I'm out. Take my belt. I won't fight you. Mm. No way I fight her. I swear it's because steroids, even though she passed every test she took for the past like three years. It's steroids. I know Wait, it. it's who, not because I'm her terrified. belt again? I can't remember who it was. Avenger. Avenger, yeah. Who's who's a good fighter and yeah. everything, but she was, when I faced mean, with Cyborg, went, forget that. Yeah. Take my belt. Yeah, Don't, yeah. No way I'm doing that. I mean, the what what Nunez did was... The way to beat her yeah. was just to smother her with strikes. Well, she really talked about it. She said, she said, I want to get her 
not cool. I want to get her out of odd comfortable. Yeah. I want to get her to go into scrambles because if she gets into scrambles, I'm going to win her. Yeah. I just want to create a new fighter and just go to town. Um, Yeah. That's cool. And that's why I was so bummed about the Jones-Gustafson thing because that was another opportunity where yeah. if Jones and Gustafson, See, Gus whoever won, you're going to go, there we go. Gus like, keeps losing the fights he needs to he's a really perpet- win. He's a, he's a guy. He's a, he's a gatekeeper. Yeah, Unf- I hate saying that because yeah. he's one of my favorite fighters of yeah, all time. He really, he really is. is too. But he's, he's amazing. Gustafson is one of those guys where he, he will always be good enough to get to the title fight. But he can't beat Cormier, and See, he can't beat Jones. And, but then for some the same, reason, he can't. Uh, the same. I mean, Cormier is almost the same way, though. It's like he can't beat John Jones. So when John well, Jones is the Jones champion, is just too good. He, he he's just got, is too good. Yeah. You can you can say whatever you want about all the steroids and whatever and whatever way you feel about it. That's all. It's all valid because yeah. he had to have taken something. It doesn't mean he was necessarily cheating. He he probably did at some point. That controversy is the black mark on his career, and it's so unfortunate because without that, he doesn't need he is it. Undeniably, is the best guy ever. I, I've said that from the beginning. He doesn't need yeah. that. I personally think Jones is the pound for pound greatest fighter to ever live. Yeah, John Jones is my favorite. You take he's, he's even with the controversy, ever, like, I don't think I would it's like enough. to see him and he's Anderson just too good. You know, I like think a the prime Anderson and a prime Jones. Well, it's that's like a, not true because Anderson fights Anderson like can happy. cut down to fucking. I well, oh, I don't even mean cutting though. I mean he can just he can fight at light heavyweight. Um, John Jones got me. Like my my whole thing is basically this: he's the reason I watched UFC. I wasn't really oh, into weird. it until uh, I have. A I watched. Way I watched. Reason. I watched it a little bit, like with Chuck Liddell and uh, who the fuck else was there? Uh, Leota Machida. I thought he was pretty cool. Uh, Rashad Evans. Yeah, Sugar I'm starting to feel the scotch. So you got you got in at I a got really in, good. Time. I got in right when Mid Jones 2000s, was in. Uh, really good time. Fighter. I watched Jones go through the Ultimate Fighter because we had, there was there was a lot of good and, uh, good fighters at that time. Dude. I, I also had like the UFC, dude, especially the light, light heavyweight, heavyweight division, division was the best division yeah, too. The first UFC undisputed. Well, you still had Liddell. You had Liddell, you had Leota Machida, who you was had, incredible. Um, you had Shogun, you had Forrest Rampage, Griffin. you had Forrest Griffin. Yeah. Uh, it was I mean, awesome. even Stefan Bonner. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It was yep. so cool. And then watching Anderson Silva. At middleweight. At Silva middleweight was and just watching blew my mind. GSP. Like, that's when I started watching UFC. was right in the middle of all their careers. All of the their primes. In the beginning of John Jones' career. I started watching UFC... When I when I first I found I knew what UFC was, and then I started getting in when I found out about Pride. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then I started following Pride, and I would watch the run that Wanderlei Silva had there. Yep, and he was ridiculous. He was Pride. ridiculous. But when seeing Wandy fight, I, like I saw a lot. I saw a couple of his fights. I actually watched him live. Like got the pay per views and shit. Watched yeah. him fucking Pride. At, like. Two in the morning or whenever the fuck it was on stateside. Mm. He was just a guy and, that was uh, just gonna. They throw. weren't even live. I don't think they were. No, they were, they were behind because yeah, they, they were, were recuts. Because they had uh, Boss and them do English commentary. Boss and uh, what's his face, uh, Maro Ronaldo. They the, those are the guys. Yeah. It was Boss and Maro that did Pride when I saw it. Anyways, Maro was uh, he's weird because he does WWE too now. He so does. It's and he's good. Weird, yeah, he's decent. It's just. I feel like he you, when you're a commentator, you gotta stick with one thing because you're you're gonna. I don't know. I feel like when you master commentary in one spot, that's where you gotta be. 
Like, if Jim Ross went and fucking just started commentating a fucking football game, I'd be like, what is he doing? Like, this is not where he belongs. He doesn't It'd know. It'd be tough. He doesn't have the same knowledge. He doesn't have the same knowledge. Because he probably does. Because he's a, he's a fucking oh, he god might, yeah. of commentary. Well, he, he, uh, yeah. He and, he's a, actually, and he's like an Oklahoma series new, dude. New yeah. commentator. Yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee. He does WWE, and he's also signed on to commentate for Fox for he's football. Really? Now. He yeah. does stand-up comedy. And he does stand-up comedy. I and even, he, I've he, never even heard of him. He's a pun, he was a punter sports. for the He Colts. was like, he was... For a long time. Yeah, he was a wicked good punter, actually. Like, really, really good. And Dude, he was commentating the Packers game this week, and the punter threw a touchdown pass. And he got and he was so like, excited. Oh, yeah, oh he like, gets wanna, all fucking hyped up. Because that's so good. It was fucking You recognize the voice. He does the commentating. Isn't he on NXT? Or am I drunk? Yes. On what? NXT. Pat McAfee doesn't he do NXT? NXT, I doubt he, it. He does something on. Uh, I don't know who does NXT anymore. I he does something on Morrow WWE Network. Maybe I'm pretty sure Morrow does NXT. I know the Raw crew is a little different now with what's her face on there. Uh, is that what this is right here? He's so hyped about it. <laughs> Let's go. That's hilarious. <laughs> Why is he so hyped? <laughs> it's just a fucking kicker through a touchdown. Exactly. It's like a, what was it? It was like a 15-yard pass. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's amazing. Yeah, I have no fucking clue who that guy is. He, he signed on with WWE for something. I don't know if there's a different show on WWE Network that's below NXT, maybe? I mean, 205. 205. This is below NXT, <laughs> yeah. I would say. But he's they, he wouldn't, that. I they wouldn't say that, but it is. But yeah, and he thing. runs uh, Barstool Sports. That's what he does. I've heard of Barstool. They're like the onion of sports, but they're real. Yeah. But yeah. they're also the onion of sports. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So let's talk about Anabasis. <laughs> yeah, I heard, uh, I sure, I heard they're yeah. like a... You guys are <laughs> grunge? Yeah. A grungy Post, um, they're a, pop. They're, they're, a, they're a ska... A gr- they're, they're, you guys are a ska grunge band. Post-grunge, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, yeah. Uh, Navasis is my fucking band, dude. Prog metal band that I started like two years ago with a bunch of guys from around here. Yeah. I know most of the guys. What are the names? I think the only, I think I don't know the keyboardist. Yeah, you wicked do. Are you kidding me? I don't think I do. Know him personally. Steve Lacerdo. No, the other one. Oh, I was like, our <laughs> keyboard Steve is, is Steve. Steve is, you wicked no. Now, does he do synth or Halle keyboard? Baby. He does everything, man. He does all. He does synth, keyboard, Steve's everything. He's a fucking awesome guy. Steve yep. is great. Steve's yeah. great. He's a guy that uh, I've met like twice. Yeah. Or not met twice. We should I, get Steve on here. Yeah, we should get Steve on here. Yep. I only I met him I met him but I don't know he's him very good, well. But dude, every time I fun. see him, he's just always like he's always so happy to see people and he he's always he's always super positive. Right so in. shout out to Steve. You're a good yeah, dude. Yeah, shout out to Steve, dude. He's one of my best friends and I've known him since we were kids. We like some of the earliest playing I ever did, like like obviously like you know, like my first band, Perpetual Burn, I started with my older brother Jake and shout out to Jake. Fucking <laughs> uh yeah. Not this one. No, uh, my brother, Jake. The other one. Um, And when we were kids, before we even started, 
uh, before we even started that band, uh, when we were kids, we would just jam like Metallica songs and shit. And yeah. uh, Steve would come over and play with us. He'd play guitar with Jake, and we'd cover Metallica songs and shit. And then we would just play video games, and that's how we started getting started. We started being friends. But uh, yeah, I started this band with uh, Pat Young, who was this the clean singer and like lead guitarist in Spire, which is just a ridiculous they rock metal really band did. from yeah. the area. Should like by all accounts should have fucking made it, but yeah. it just didn't didn't fold that way. See, I felt I felt like they were clo- real close, real close. They were actually close. Yeah, yeah they did a full length album that was incredible. Uh, Structures the universe. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. you can definitely still get it, and and if you ever buy it. It kind of kicks back to us because it kicks back to Pat. Oh, really? So yeah, but you now he, he uh, that album was produced by Jamie King, which you I know you know Jamie, Jamie King, King is awesome. I know you love between he the produces most between the Barry yep. albums. He's incredible. That's crazy. And uh, so they worked with him, and they you know had it. They had a hell of a run. They were a band for like fourteen years, and at the end of that band, yeah, right when Spire was finishing up, uh, their drummer like just couldn't commit to it anymore. And so, you know, they all talked and he was he was leaving on good terms and they asked me to join. So I learned the whole album on oh, like, that's right. okay, like a so month's you, notice. You joined Spire and, and learned all I that. played two shows yeah, with them. And by that. the time we played the second show, they had already kind of decided they were going to call it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, me and Pat were like, well, what you, now? we're working together. Yeah. Because, well, the, the, so the thing is, is uh, with Burn, with my old band, Perpetual Burn, um, we were a band for like 10 years and we had a few serious runs. Like we had our first run when we first started that was like a kind of a big deal around here because mm-hmm. there it wasn't really any bands yeah. yet around I, here. I went to every show you yeah. guys had. Yeah, Yes, you did. I think That's was... how we became friends. It yeah. was like you and Scott Warner and shit, you guys were at every show. Schwalik, before yeah. we ever worked with him, he came to all the old shows. Yeah, because Paul was in that. Yep, it was time. Paul originally. Yep. Shout out to Paul Haggerty. Shout out to all the, all the burn Paul. geeks, dude. My, all uh, the burn guys are awesome. Uh, he's my cousin or something. Is he? Yeah. Really? His dad. Paul's a great guy. Dad, is Paul Sr. is a yeah. great guy, too. Manager shout out to Uncle Paul. Yep, shout out to Cousin great, Paul. Man. You um, guys are cool. Shout out to everybody, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> no, uh, but... Then when Paul left, uh, we got Schwalik, and that was just unreal. And then me and Schwalik start, and Grant, obviously. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Grant Davis. Shout out to Grant. Fucking Grant. No, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and for what it's worth, <laughs> Joe Motika. <laughs> no, nope. but me and nope. Sh- probably and probably Grant. the rudest man I've ever met is yeah. Joe Motika. Like really? legitimately, <laughs> I, can't I even, bet I, that's I, real. I can't even lie about that. <laughs> Most disrespectful guy I've ever met. Really? Yeah, he kicked I my fucking, dog once. I love Joe, dude. I have yeah, no problems I with Joe. Stand him. That's that's hysterical. <laughs> I'm not fucking, I'm not. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's like a he's okay. a, he's pretty good. I love you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um fucking But yeah, so what I was talking about is uh back when Schwalik joined, my brother was still in the band, and when Jake left Burn to go back to school, Pat from Spire yeah. played with us. So Spire was like kind of oh, yeah, on okay. hiatus for a yeah. while, and he played he our like last like two yeah. years. Yeah, when we were doing the full length album that yeah. we never put out, and like the, our best, our best shit. 
And then when Burn broke up, I was just doing nothing for years, and Pat kind of got Spire back on track, and that they had their final run. So when he asked me to play and it didn't work out, I already had experience working with him and knew I wanted to work with him. Yeah. So we started this band, and uh, we already had Brad DeVore, who uh, is from Oswego, but uh, he's like, he should have been friends with all of us, but he just wasn't around somehow. Huh. Um, he's like one of my best friends in the band. Shout out to Brad. Yeah, shout out to Brad. <laughs> um, I don't know. Any I was going to try to get him to come do this with me today because I figured he'd be the guy you guys knew the least out of the band. Right. Yeah. And it would be a cool way for you guys to get to know him and shit. But, we uh, need a bigger studio. We got, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we'll yeah. figure it out for another time. But um, We got like a cubic yard of yeah. space. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, skip ahead two years, and we just we're uh, getting ready to put out a full length album. Finally, mm-hmm. fucking awesome, which is nuts. Fucking awesome. We're proud uh, of you, man. I can thank proud you. Proud of all you it's guys. Nuts. I be, I busted my ass yeah. like I never have on anything else I've worked on to make yeah. this happen. Did you do? You we did a lot did. of the production then, right? I produced the album. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean everybody has such a huge role in what we do, but yeah, yeah I just I just produced like the recordings and shit. You yeah, know I, mean? I mean you guys are all somebody proficient has in even even engineering in some way. Sure, yeah. I think all of you probably have somewhat sort uh, of experience. I would say I would say like Dylan and Pat are probably the least first in it in the actual recording side of it, but still know a good amount about how to record. They just don't know the software and shit, you know. But they're right. weathered players, and so they know what they're doing. Yeah, um, there's a there's a level where like you know what sounds good. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I produced the album, which was uh, crazy. It's a bucket list thing for me to be able to produce a full length. Is it pro all home album. studio shit, or was it? Yeah, I have a home studio, yeah. and it's like actually legit. And we recorded all the guitars there, all the vocals, obviously all the bass, mm-hmm. all the keys and everything. And then we, uh, our, a really good friend of ours, uh, uh, Brat Hoban, Hoban Studios, shout out to his ass. Shout out to Hoban. Uh, he, um, we would rent his place out to do anything we needed a big room for. So like when we did drums, we did them at his place. We have a, on the first track of the album, Human Supremacy Illusion, there's a, we actually recorded a legit choir. That's awesome. For it, and uh, we did it at Hoban's. No that shit. That was a fucking nightmare. That was such a nightmare, but we pulled it off. Went in there going, hey, Pat, you ever recorded a vocal choir before? And he went, hell no. Nah. I went, okay, <laughs> well. And he went, Dave, have you? And I went, no. So let's uh, give me some time to do some research. We'll figure out how to do this right way. Yeah. So what was different cool about way. a choir? Well, traditionally, you got to get a big room and you get a bunch of room mics. You set them all up at good spots and you test what they all sound like to make sure it's all in phase and everything. And then you just have people sing the parts and you record it. But the way we had to do it, because we didn't have a lot of people, we could, so what we did was we had like five girls and five boys and we had them, like me and Pat did all the arrangement work to figure out like uh, the harmonies, right? So there'd be like three or four Part harmony for the guys and for the girls, and then it layers into this big choir sound right. that sounds like fucking you 60 have people. Do each but you have those same five people do each different note yeah. harmony passage, right? And then when you put them all together, uh, it just sounds like a huge choir. So that's how we had to do it. But it was it was a lot of planning and a lot really of really uh, put pulling the wool over our eyes there, man. I was expecting yeah. like a whole 
like 60 right? people. No, like risers and shit. Nope. Yeah, it's <laughs> like 10 people. <laughs> like that's 10 people awesome, standing though. in a room and then uh and the other cool thing you can do that we did just to kind of support it even more that uh, like trade secrets but I'll give this one away cuz it's really cool and when you listen to it you'll never know is so we have I think there's four tracks of five guys singing each passage each separate section of the harmonies right and then the same thing for the girls and then there's all of those same parts yeah as a midi programmed synth choir like a keyboard like a like a synth patch of a choir and then you just mix the synth patch choir low and then you get the fundamental weight and sound of the synth choir that still sounds like a real choir Mm -hmm. mixed in with the actual real choir and it just sounds huge yeah Yeah. so that's how we did it and it it sounds gigantic sounds like a real choir that's awesome and obviously it is but yeah. you'll you never notice that there's that stuff going on. And that to me is a really good example of the realities of producing a commercial album. Mm-hmm. The amount of times there's stuff like that done to facilitate what you're hearing. Like like the disparity between raw recordings and what you're actually hearing that you just assume is how it's supposed yes, to sound yeah. is so gigantic. Yeah, that's true. It's so true. giant. Like well, even even our I mean, Stephen Wilson, like the way he produces things, he says he layers like five guitars to eight guitars on the yep. same track. Like oh, the yeah. same, they're playing the same thing. Yeah, just to give it density. Because then he pa- he pans them all over the place yeah. and creates so much dense, such yeah. a dense mix. Devin Townsend's the master yes, of that. Devin Townsend's very. Good He's like that. the creator of that. Yeah. I fucking love Devin Townsend. Whoa. Yeah. Just lost my headphones. They're lost. They're like cutting it. There we go. Okay. There, oh, it's just the cable. Yeah. I I stepped on the cable. It's definitely the cable. Yeah. Um, See what yeah, I, it's definitely I, the what I like cable. to do is if, is if you take the cord and you go like this. And you step on. Oh, and you can't get Yeah. And you can't get And now and you, you can't let go, it. Then you yeah. let go of it. You can hear all the sound at once. It's like a hose. That's a shout out to Mesh Hedberg. That's one of his jokes. Yeah, that's shout hilarious. out to shout out to hoses, <laughs> shout out to kinks. Yep, <laughs> fuck hoses, dude. Kinks, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anywho, uh, the album I can finally say officially comes out January twenty fifth mm-hmm. on all platforms and everything. You'll be able to get it on Apple Music and iTunes and Spotify, all that shit. That's awesome. Uh, we'll be having like we we have the physicals. We have everything. We're we're just gonna roll them out. You know, you'll be able to buy them right on our Bandcamp. Obviously, you'll be able to buy them in person from us and shit too. They'll be at shows, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We've, you guys we've got buying, merch stuff gonna, in the works. You gonna do just physical CDs um, with download codes, or I know a lot of bands. There was some uh, bands I played with that used to do little flash drives. And they would give you those and say, "Hey, here's a." Our um, album. It's kind I'm of not weird. Sure. We've looked into that. It's, uh, a, it's a weird digital sort of uh, doing platform. doing download yeah. codes works. Well yeah. enough, yep. Um, and it's cheaper, so it's like you know, money saving thing. Right. The reality of the situation for us is that, so, our, we're we're a firm belief, or I'm a firm believer in this idea that you need to see where you want to be, and then aim for that. Like if you see a local band that's really good, don't aim to be as good as that local band. Look at periphery. 
right. and try to be periphery because they're the fucking big big dogs in modern progressive metal right now. Yeah. And if that's if that's your genre, that's your market, who's the best? Who's the biggest? Who's doing everything right? Now try to do what they're doing. Don't try to do less than that cuz you're probably you probably aren't going to get to their level, yeah. but that's how you're going to get to a pro level. So that's like the past year Every single move we've made has been trying to do everything we've seen any successful band do that's worked and avoid any pitfall that we've seen that okay. doesn't, you know? Yeah, even... And, in, and then the biggest thing that we learned, and that is a huge factor, is when you see a band that's really successful, the reason they're really successful is because they work their fucking yeah. asses off. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think about their music they work their asses yeah. off. That's the only way to make it. There yeah. is no other way. You have to put in the man hours. So we started doing that too, you know, and uh, being really, really careful with booking. I think it's a, a um, lot of bands don't treat it as a job and it's sort yeah, of, it they don't treat is. it as a job. They don't treat it as a career. Right. They don't, they don't it's a side think thing. that it's marketable. It's a side project mm -hmm. is what it is. Well, the thing, I mean, it, it was always easy for us to look at it as a career because we've all been doing it our whole lives and always never thought of anything else as an option for mm -hmm. a career, you know? All of us just, of course we're going to be pro musicians because that's the only thing I'm going to fucking put time into. Right. Like I, don't, I don't have a college degree. I have my GED. Every single move I've ever made in my life has been towards being a pro musician. Yeah. And, uh, and it paid close, off, man. You're one of the most talented close. guys we all know. And it's... It's awesome yeah. that uh, you're Thanks, at this man. point now, and it's awesome that you're here. I think it's rare when you get a group of guys that are that talented. That's yeah. the that's, that's the craziest. That's thing. the hard part. That's the craziest thing. That's the intangible. That's what I say to everybody when they when they say, you know what what's the number one thing you could say proficiency in for the instrument being successful. Yeah. as a working musician or in a not even not even that because really the key to being successful as a working musician is monetizing absolutely everything is yeah. doing lessons doing master classes doing like twitch streaming and shit like just name of avenue you could possibly investigate to be lucrative right. and go after it with everything you got because if all you're gonna do is try to make money off of ticket sales good luck and I'm sure some guys do but you're going to have a lot more comfortable of a life if you monetize more than one avenue. Right. And that's the key. But um, a, a big factor, like, because I always tell people, if you're going to be in a pro band, you're trying to start your own band and you want it to not, you want to elevate past the local scene and you want to be able to play with major bands uh, and do real shit, real, real shit that you see your fucking heroes do. To do that stuff... There, there's really only one intangible, lucky thing that takes place. Because if you work hard enough, yeah. the opportunities are going to come. I've already seen that. I've experienced that now. With this band, I've experienced that. As long as you keep staying the course and busting your ass, then it's going to happen. Someone's going to notice. However, the intangible is managing to find members for that, that band also that are that. actually have the same vision yeah because it's so easy to find so we have six guys in our band it's so easy to find four guys that That's, have what it takes yeah. and the other two don't 
Yeah. And in our band, there's six guys, and all of them have what it takes and contribute. And that is the biggest factor in our success, is that all six of us bring something to the table. Like, I I can produce our albums for our whole career. I'll always be able to produce our albums. It'll cost us nothing. In-house, I can produce absolutely everything and put out a pro product. All we have to do is pay for mixing and mastering, which we want to do anyways, because that's going to get pe- like you Like, our new album was mixed by Adam Bentley, from uh, Archeco, which is he's an up and coming dude. He's he's phenomenal. He killed it, and uh, and then it was mastered by fucking Erman Hamidovich, dude, who who mastered DTP's last mm. album, Transcendence. That's cool. he mastered Periphery Three. I'm assuming he's gonna master Periphery Four whenever that's done. He's incredible, dude. He's a highly sought after guy. So even having that connection, and he did it. Even yeah, having that even connection had, yep. is gonna help. And he he he. Uh, I mean by all accounts that we are able to access he he liked the album and shit he liked our stuff and thought it was the real deal so that's a huge that's a huge bump for us yeah but that's all we had to really pay for and that's what we crowdfunded was like to get the album to be pro we have to press it and we have to get real guys to mix and master it yeah. because that's the only way it's going to sound as good as it does and look as good as it and does. And you got enough support but, through that. Yes. Through the crowdfunding. Yeah, too, the, so. Man, can't thank anybody enough for that, dude. That's cra- It's crazy. That's really cool. That was the big, that's crazy that we were able to raise that money. But um, what did you use to get the word out on that though? You know, what platform? What do you, you mean? Just well, so we, we did Indiegogo. We use social media like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, and Steve Lacerdo being in the band is a huge help because he has a fucking film production degree. Yeah. So he can, anytime we do music videos, we need in, like social media content. He will, oh, he can always handle doing all that. He yeah. specializes in editing and he's incredible at that. And then he's, you know, he can play as competent as any of us yeah. to be able to play the stuff. That That's the weird thing is that it seems in this band, in every band I've ever been in, and you can definitely relate to this, there's such a focus on try on can we learn these songs can we play these songs all that shit right this is the first band I've ever been in where where they can where all play the song everybody can play the stuff and it's a prerequisite yeah. for even walking through the fucking door right like there's no question I don't have to think for one second if anybody in this band is gonna fuck shit up or not be able to play the stuff they're right. gonna play it and I don't even have to think about that. It's a prerequisite for even stepping foot in the band. And mm-hmm. then all of the work and all the stuff we focus on right, is all of the other, other shit. shit. Exactly. It's all of the social media work, the marketing, the business stuff. Yeah. And that stuff is full-time job for all six of us. Yeah. It's and if tough. you're good at that, that's, and, we and especially it. with having a guy like Steve who can do that and make things yep. look appealing. Well, that's, that's, the, that's, that's what makes our band have such a big like likelihood of succeeding yes. in the industry is that I can produce all our stuff at a pro level whenever we need yeah, to and there's no dependence Steve, on yep, anything zero else. dependence zero dependence on anybody else Steve can do all of our pro music videos any content we need online yeah. all playthroughs all that stuff it's always going to look pro if from a schooled legit uh, do, like guy directing yeah, we and had him do our uh, band photos for yep, the... and he's incredible yeah. mm-hmm. and then uh, Pat has a degree in music business and manages us and can navigate that all that stuff and then uh aj works for uh he works at a fucking music store, like merch uh place like uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a uh like tour supply company yeah, okay. he works at one 
And so he, and also he just knows so much about the merchandising side. Yeah. So he always handles all of our t-shirt orders and stuff. He actually designed the layout for the album and put that all together, Mm -hmm. did the orders for all that. He knows how to do all that stuff. So everybody in house has has some extra, like like you have the initial prerequisite of being a world-class musician that can play our stuff. And you just have to have that. But then they all have this extra yes. piece of the puzzle to make it so we can self we can be self-sufficient for our whole careers. Yeah. We don't have to sign a... We can't figure out an excuse for why we would even need to sign a label deal. If you weren't able to do all that yourself, it just gets way too costly. Yes. And, and, and to, you, that's where it's easier to sign. But right. for us, we can do it all and we can do it better because we're gonna care about the product way more than anybody that's gonna. That's true. Repay. They're just you're They're just not another, gonna give a fuck. Yeah, you're just another. We're interested in ourselves. Yeah. So we're always gonna be pushing for that. You yes. know. So that I mean, I feel super lucky to have found these guys and this like kind of. I just put my head down. Started a band, put my head down, got to work, and busted my ass like I never have on anything else, and just kind of like made that my mission statement in life was yeah. I'm going to treat this like a career I've never perceived before, and I'm just going to push as hard as I can and see where it goes. And everybody else also did that. And now I look back up and I kind of smell the roses and go, Holy shit, like look what we've been able to do right. with this. And now we're like, we're about to officially release a full length. Yeah, pro it's album. really cool when you see physical copies too. You're yeah, like, this is that was this. that was like, a big deal. Yeah, is there any way I'd be able to get a physical and have you guys sign it? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna I'm, be doing. I'm so excited. We're gonna have I'm to. Really excited we already have people that want to get it signed and shit. And that's that's weird. I still that's have. Weird a, yeah, it's funny. It's cool, I still have. It's weird. It's weird because yeah. I still. It's weird because we're friends. Yeah, but I like. mostly it's family and friends. Well, I still have the first perpetual burn album with all the. With you guys all on it, which is cool. That's, That's pretty cool, cool shit. Because if this band ends up making it, which hopefully we do, and we're really trying to, yeah, then that totally could be have worth some eBay motive. money, dude. Yeah, eBay. That could be worth some eBay money because people are gonna go. Well, obviously, it would depend how big we get. But let's say we get huge, and then people go, "Wait, all those dudes were in bands yeah. before. <laughs> what were their old bands like?" Then the Spire shit starts selling, and the Burn <laughs> shit starts selling. Then the Burn shit finally sells. I go, friggin- I go, hey, Paul, dude. Uh, Here's your royalty. I need you to send me a box of old burn CDs <laughs> so we can eBay them. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to sign them and eBay them. He'd be like, yep. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we're doing that. Uh, yeah, man. That's so hilarious. But yeah, uh, new Anabasis album's coming out in just a few weeks here. Was it self titled? Uh, no, it's cause the album's called Of Conviction. Oh, that's right. That's the title track. It's available on all platforms, the 25th? Yep. It's going to be on everything, dude. Awesome. That's Where awesome. Do we, do we, Is it going to uh, be on uh, the Zoom marketplace? Uh, that's a <laughs> tough... I'm not sure. <laughs> the th- so the thing is, is uh, because, you know, we're self-releasing right now, uh, we just went through, uh, you know, a company that handles publication for you, like yeah. CD so like Baby what we or do whatever. Yeah, yeah kind of the same deal, yeah. yeah. And uh, so they make sure that it gets on everything for you right and official like the right way so maybe they do it on the zune market does it exist anymore however i don't think that exists I don't think <laughs> so. 
I'd be surprised. No, they probably got stomped out by Spotify and <laughs> Apple Music. That's like saying think, they don't even make. Ca- that's anymore. like when a video game comes out and you go, "Do you got? Did you guys make a port for the Nokia N Gauge? You <laughs> yeah. did. Do you, you have GameSpy okay. support? Yeah, you have <laughs> GameSpy support. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah, we're all freaking because I know I know you work hard on that shit. So I work very very hard to do this and. That this is it's been that alone has been a big change in my personality too because I feel like back in the day I would see a band or a pro wrestler or yeah. an MMA fighter or anybody that is doing anything you know how hard they're working and you just when you do it yeah. when you do the work all the way from shitty demos we had recorded to pro album that we made mm-hmm. the amount of work and the amount of shit that it took to make that happen over pretty much an entire year it took to make that album, I now see things differently. Like, when I see a band that I personally don't like their music, yeah. but they're doing big shit, you know I know the there in. is no way to get there, yeah. and it's by luck. Like, they have to be doing something right. Unless you're so you the, just unless find you're a lot fat of respect neck, for a lot you're of the fat neck people. Guy. Fat neck guys, even. <laughs> I even have respect for him, though. Yeah, he does work his He saw the money train go by. Yeah. He saw there was five yeah. seconds for him to jump on, yeah. and he took the jump. And what went, about, wait uh, a minute. I'm making money on this. What about CeeLo mm. Green? CeeLo Green, I do not support that Because <laughs> <laughs> he was on the money train and went, time to say some stupid shit. And get kicked off. Uh, of that he was only train. homophobic <laughs> and like advocating rape. I mean, yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then he's he's got to be going. Why the fuck are my albums not selling anymore? Yeah, he's looking in the mirror, going, "What did well, I?" Well, doesn't do? he have? He had two songs or something, didn't he? Yeah, sure. You make me crazy. A song. That's that's not him. Yeah, it is. No. Yeah, it is. That's is not CeeLo Green. Yeah, it's uh, no it's, way. It's, it's he was part of Gnarls Barkley. Okay, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Norris Barkley. Yeah, and then uh, I mean that's kind of. I didn't. I, I forgot he was in Forget that deal. You. That's the one, and it's actually fuck you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they censor it, which really? is stupid. Yeah, that's the dumbest way to censor. Is that, that cool? Ever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good music, right? Yeah. You CeeLo, can't, you can't do that. CeeLo and Six Nine <laughs> Pioneers, dude. Yeah, Jesus. Just, <laughs> just legends. Ugh. Icky got the blicky up. <laughs> Treyway. So um, what I'm gonna do is play some music from the album, and I don't know if you want to do it. Do you want to just do it in here? You can play a full fucking song. We don't. I, we, we're good, dude. Promote away. What's okay. What's your favorite? What's the single? My favorite song is not. We're not gonna play that. Oh, okay. Because that's like the big finale <laughs> of the album. True, true. If you want to hear the, my favorite song on the album, personally, I love all the stuff. It's very personal, obviously. Like a lot of that stuff is f- based on demos and shit that I had before, like from years where I was just had no clue what I was doing, but I was yeah. writing anyways. Um, which is the same for a lot of the other guys too. But my favorite song on the album is Deeper, which is the last song, uh, because it came together at the last second. Literally when I went in the studio on, on the last studio day to do the drums for the album, the last thing I recorded was Deeper. And when I recorded it, that hadn't been finished being written yet. And they finished writing it that night 
and did a final demo for me to track drums to that night and uploaded it to our Dropbox in the morning as huh. I was driving to the studio. That's cool. So I got there only to track that song, and they went, we finished it. It's We're good. We barely pulled it off. And then I sat down and had to listen to the demo, hear the drum part, and then record it. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is like a lot of times when you play a song live so many times, you get... You, you get to a point where you're like, dude, we should have done this here. Correct. We should have done this and here. And here's the thing. Then you listen to the album back and you yeah. go, ah, oh, we should have done that. And yeah. there's no going back. Yep. There's wicked no going back. But, uh, yeah, but, I but would it's say. Always, you're going to do that forever, though. It's, that's literally mm-hmm. going to be infinite. Well, you'll, I'll let you guys always... pick. So here's what I'll do. Do you want a fast, aggressive song? Do you want a, like, catchy kind of... Uh, all over the map song, or do you want like a love letter to all of the bands that came before us kind of song, like Symphony X, Dream Theater shit? I like I like the idea of the love letter. Yeah. Okay. Then the, sure. what you should play sure. is Terminal. That's okay. the song you should play. Well, we'll play that at the end of this podcast. That'll be the way we go out. Cool. Which man. is coming up soon. Dave's got a date with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. I'm hyped to see that shit, man. Whatever. I re- that's I I'm heard glad you dinosaurs. brought that up because that's cool to talk about. I, I heard there was dinosaurs yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, sure. I didn't mean to spoil that part for yeah, you. There yeah. are dinosaurs. No, in the movie. um I read I recently read the first book, the Michael Crichton book, and I had always heard it was an amazing book and that was like fuck books. I'm a yeah. kid who gives a shit about I, if books. If it has to do with dinosaurs and I have to read a book about it, like no. I'd yep. rather watch dinosaurs That's what I on thought. the big screen. But then I I'd always heard the book was amazing and Jurassic everybody Park always probably says, was. Jurassic yeah, probably Park was, was a book. Yeah, so in 1989 Michael Crichton wrote the first book and it came out in like 90 instantly Spielberg was like, nope, I'm making a movie of that. Yeah. That's perfect. And then Michael Crichton actually wrote the screenplay with Spielberg for the film. So that, in my opinion, the film is better than the book. Right. I think the movie's better than the book. I think it's a tighter story. I will say this. In the book, Muldoon, which is the raptor dude who's hard, wicked hard in the movie, the clever girl, that guy, he is... Twice as hard in the book and lives. He doesn't nice. die in the book. He's just hard Muldoon. and helps survive and everything. That's Wait, the thing. clever girl. I don't remember that guy. He's the dude in the beginning. Shooter, shoot oh, that guy. Okay. Who's who's the fucking uh, the whole movie? He's warning them, going, "The raptors are dangerous. This shit's they shouldn't happen. be here. This is this is a shit idea." Yeah. And then the raptors get out, and he's the first guy to go. I'm going after the Raptors. <laughs> and he gets killed. <laughs> but he fucking, he tries to save him, you know? In the book, he fucking, the whole time they're talking about everything and they're all going, he's going, the T-Rex is bad. Because, like, you know, shit hits the, you've all seen the movie. It's yeah, very yeah, yeah. close to the book. The shit hits the fan. N- Newman screws him over. Newman. It is Newman from Seinfeld. It's just <laughs> Newman. Hello, uh, Newman. Fuck Newman. <laughs> Uh, his name's Nadri. His name's Nadri in the movie. The book. guy that gets spit on. Yeah, yeah, the guy gets spit on. I yep. like him because he was in Space Jam. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. He but, was the basketball player, right? No. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was the best. He was the he was the best basketball player of all time. Stan, yeah. Dude, come on. Um, not Jordan. Uh, so, in in the book, when 
you know, Nadri screws him over to try to sell the DNA of the dinosaurs and the power goes down and shit. And then um, they're out on the tour and they lose power and the T-Rex gets out and fucks up the Jeeps and tries to kill yeah, people and stuff. The classic Jurassic and, Park Yes, stuff. that like one of the coolest moments in the whole movie that made everybody shit their pants. It's pretty close to exactly the same in the book. And when that shit goes down, the second they pull up to the T-Rex part, Muldoon doesn't say shit. He's, he's in the shadows, in the background, chain smoking, just sitting there watching the monitors, yeah. just going... This ain't good. This ain't good. He knows. Somehow, he's just hard, and he knows that it's bad. So he says nothing, takes off down into the garage, and gets a fucking rocket launcher, and throws it in one of the like uh, like utility Jeeps that they have for like emergencies, and is just waiting. Like, something's going to go down. I fucking know it, and I'm going after that T-Rex if it happens. Yeah. And then half that book is him chasing the T-Rex down, trying to find it. That's Fuck. hilarious. And i got to rewatch the first one. When they're fucking talking to him uh, in there, they're talking about the T-Rex, and they're like, we got the T-Rex. Like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, the T-Rex is the least of our concerns. If those raptors get out of their enclosure, there's no telling what they're going to do to us. <laughs> There's no way. And the raptors are way smarter in the book. Yeah. They're terrifying. Well, dude. the book is going to... The thing is, the book is always going to have more It just has to more. Explain and detail. I'll say the book has way more info, but at the expense of a tighter, cleaner plot. Yeah, that's the thing. It's is a like sometimes when you short it down into a movie, you gets, it gets better because it's, you I think it's that. I, that's yeah. what I. That's why I like the movie more. I think I it's think, a tighter ship. I also think a lot of people don't like the movie version of a book better because they have read the book, and when you read a book, it's you picture it all in your mind. Sure. Same. And then when you go like see it in a movie, but that's, but that's why the Jurassic Park book is so good. Yeah. Because if you see the movie first, it doesn't hurt anything with reading the book. Right. Right. And and it gives you the characters because when you read That's the book, the thing. everybody up is the so well written. You don't have to make up the characters because mm. when you when you're reading about Nadri, you just see Newman. When you're reading about Arnold, the the tech guy that's in the control room, you just see Samuel Jackson. Hmm. So that's just good casting. Yeah, though. it's incredibly yeah. good. It just said, it speaks so well for the casting. Yeah. most of all, uh, Ian Malcolm. The dialogue was written in the book. I mean, years before they made the movie. Not many years, but a few years before they made the movie. So there was no chance he wrote that book automatically thinking about who was going to play who in a movie. Right. And that dialogue reads in the book, for Ian Malcolm's character especially, like it was written for fucking Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Like, it has the pauses in his speech and everything. I fucking love Jeff It's Goldblum. made for Goldblum. I so that's why when you see, like, after you watch the movie again, when you read the book, you just realize how incredible of a casting director they had. Mm -hmm. Because the cast is dead on. Yeah, that's man. like, it's, it's so good. It's weird because you don't really, I feel like casting is such a huge part of the fucking, it, how If you have a, a shit cast, it's fucking over. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. That's why, shit, that's why I love Game of Thrones so much, man. And the Lord of the Rings movies, too. The Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings, Rings movies yeah. had perfect a perfect casting. casting. And that's why that's one of the things, the number one things that hurt the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Yeah. Because they, uh, the cast is unbelievable. Yeah. And then there's Anakin. And he's such a key character with such a bad actor playing him that it hurts the credibility of the yeah. whole film series. Yeah. yeah I think it's that, a bummer. They it's also, it, I think it was too political, the... The for the first two were yeah sure. kids don't want to read about trade deals and stuff or watch no. trade deals, I 
Yeah, I, I mean, find him. More I thought he did. So. I did like him in the third one when they he becomes sort of evil. Darth Vader. Sure, he yeah, does sure. a good the third job. One was really that. good. But, I but think, the second one is the real one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the bad yeah. one. The first one, the little kid's fine. It's a kid actor. I mean, you he's not, you he's never not fine it. now. Yeah, there's not. I think he's dead. Oh, yeah. Isn't he in some shit? He's Ooh. in a lot of the trouble. Kid that played the kid Anakin that played Anakin. Oh, fucking... yeah, dude. What? Dude, 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 he is fucked. Yeah, he did some repair. shit. What? Yeah. I, didn't, I don't know about He this. got in a lot of legal trouble. Oh, uh, over yeah. So I think it was drugs. It's got to be drugs. I'm already... Drugs. I already love this. Yeah. No, this was... I remember seeing this. I've heard nothing A couple years this. ago, though. It was a while back. Yeah. Uh, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, Jake oh, Lloyd. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, nobody knows who I mean, who is. gives a shit, though? Unless he's related but to Christopher Lloyd. Ewan McGregor was unbelievable in those I mean, movies. Yeah. As, as Obi-Wan yeah. had to learn not... To speak with an English accent because he's fucking English, That's but right. to speak specifically like the actor who played Obi Wan in the old and New Hope, yeah, and Nalys's voice for the whole oh, trilogy, yeah, Nalys it, that. and you never, you never question it. He just is Obi Wan. You never even think of it. Yeah. But he doesn't sound like Ewan McGregor. He sounds like the guy who he played like Obi Wan. Obi Wan, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's actually sad. He uh, he got arrested for uh, reckless driving and driving without a license and resisting arrest, and then they diagnosed him with schizophrenia, where he remains in a psychiatric facility. Whoa, that's Anakin for you, dude. That's what. Ha- that's the curse of playing Anakin, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Hayden Christensen doesn't even act anymore, does? Yeah, he does. He He's in a new movie, and it looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like yes. dog shit. And you oh. see him, and he's doing everything in his power to look hard, and he yep. just can't. Because no. you second you see him, you go, oh, he can't act, so this is going to be good. Yeah. You just know. You know what? Yeah, you know man. going in, it's not good. Fucking A, dude. Fucking Anakin. I, gotta, I like to be proven wrong. Yeah. I love to be proven wrong. I got to watch uh, <laughs> I got to watch Jurassic Park 1 when I get home. I also want to watch American Psycho for some reason. Oh, that's a good one. I love that movie. That's a good one. Oh, man. That's another movie based on a book. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the book is wicked fucked up. I've read that book. Never uh, read it. Heard it was way way more fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, it's like chilling. It really is. It's uh it's it it's longer than the the movie, obviously, and it goes into like his past. But it goes in about how he's like, you know, he just does a lot of, he like kills animals and it goes into wicked vivid good. detail about him killing animals and torturing animals. Yeah. Yeah. That Nothing sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Does it still maintain the ambiguity from the film where like you don't know for sure yeah. if he ever did anything he yeah. actually did or not? I think in the book it's, it's, it's more clear that, uh, he didn't do any of the stuff. Okay. Word. In the book, it's more clear that he didn't do anything. Yeah. The movie definitely had a better. That's one of the. I think American that's one Psycho? of the cool things about I don't the think film. I've seen all it's of really it. good. One it's of the really good. I think good. one of the cool things about the film is that you could lean either way, and you're not necessarily wrong. Like he might have. He might have done all that yeah. stuff, but it's it's actually possible that he didn't. And yeah. the whole time it was just in his head. And I fucking I love the uh, cool. how all the characters in the in the movie are cookie cutters. They're all the same guy. They're all yeah, they're, they're all, all the like same. heterosexual thirty year old white businessmen. They yeah. all have the same haircut. They're all clean shaven. They wear the same suits. <laughs> yeah, and everything. Like, they all have their fucking business cards. Yeah, and there's shit. a there's yeah. a key plot point about business cards. Like that's a running theme about how they're all so identical, except the business cards are all so intricately different from one another. Mm-hmm. And that's how you could. T- that's how he tells everybody apart because they're yeah. all so fucking their taste and business cards. Their own asses. Or it's so funny. 
when he's just describing it's the perfect oh my god look at the sheen on that <laughs> he's getting to be seeing rad he, wants to kill the guy and shit because yeah. his business card's better than his <laughs> dude it's a really good movie it's you a good movie it. dude yeah real it's good really movie. good um, it's christian bale he's incredible and he so. is so fucking he's good in that movie he's good in and that then one. he did the mechanist where he was like anorexic mm, yeah, right zero after pounds it. yeah he was like 80 pounds and then after that he did batman begins and got yeah. Boy, did Jack. Yep. Can't be good for your body, dude. No, he's cut years. Guaranteed. But he's also... I mean, he's rolling. rolling. He's, also, <laughs> he's rolling. So his years that he has left, probably pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, he's one of the best actors ever, so... Yeah. Another movie you should watch, Seth. Uh, you, you've probably seen it. It's also based on a book, and then the book's really good. Uh, the Road. With I've Michael never Martinson. seen the road. Or I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it. Yep. Okay. Uh, I've heard it's good. I've <laughs> yeah. heard the book. I'm not going to say too. anything else about it, but just watch it. Uh, you were talking about movies where you're like movies? how people would act. Yes, that's the road. that's a how that's people the road. act. Yep. Yep. It's <laughs> that's it's, all that matters. Yeah. It's acting like, realistic. I think the best book to movie that I've ever read, like book that was that a movie was made based on it is the book that Blade Runner was based on. Well, first off, to pre like to preface that Blade Runner is my favorite film of all time. It's so good. So, it of course so I'm going to read the book. Yep. But the book is uh Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K Dick. Okay. Philip K Dick is a really prolific sci-fi writer from like the 60s and shit who did uh I think he did Total Recall. Yeah. He did uh fuck, I want to say maybe Minority Report. He's done a lot. He's done a lot of stuff that got turned into He's got a resume. He has an Amazon series called uh, Philip K. Dick's like, Electric Dreams or something like that. And I've it's all just that. like, yeah, it's like that. a serial series on like uh, random stories from his books and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Blade Runner is my favorite movie ever. And the book was unbelievable. And it's different than the movie in a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. it's just... Did you I, read the book first, or the... I read I read the book years later. Many like I mean I saw the movie. You've when seen I was young. Blade Runner, right? Yeah. Okay. To I me, see that's the new one. inarguably like the best sci-fi film ever made. Uh, the the new yeah. one is just as good. Yeah, dude. I it's have to watch the new one still. I heard the new one was really good. Joe told me that. I'll actually. tell you yeah. this: watch Blade Runner first. Watch the first one first, then watch it, the and then as the soon as you're able to watch the second one so that it, you, it's fresh on your yeah. mind. Yeah. One of my coworkers Because there's a lot of tie-in. I actually, I told him I was going to watch them back-to-back, -back, but I ended up playing Madden instead. Because <laughs> that's what I do with my free time. Yeah. When I'm not here at work, I'm playing fucking Madden <laughs> or Game Developer Tycoon. I literally played it for... Just game Dev Tycoon, so yeah. nasty. Yeah. Oh it's my so God. nasty. Okay, dude. here's a quick story about Game Dev Tycoon. <laughs> I have it on my fucking phone. And here's a quick story about Game Dev Tycoon. You can ask Seth about this. Saturday before the UFC fight, I got here with Vinny at like 5.30. Not even before. Like You were playing Game Dev Tycoon all the way through the entire night. You know how Steam <laughs> keeps... You, ever, you, have, you play on Steam at all? I played it on my phone when it first came out. It well, was a mobile uh, game. When you're on Steam, you can, you can shift... Uh, shift tab and it shows you how long you've been playing your current session <laughs> and I capped off when I was leaving here at 8 hours I sat right here Jesus. and played Game Dev Tycoon for 8 hours straight the other night but I've played the game since it came out I remember getting it when it was like they were it's all like, we heard the it, whole time was the yeah the bubbles going like up the bubbles like, fucking popping whenever anybody leveled up <laughs> so we're sitting we're, yes, we're, I love that we're sitting here playing right 
And I, I finished that session the next day watching football, and I played it for another six hours straight, and they I, I beat the game. You know, I made it to the last Yeah, you year. did ever whatever. Yeah, yeah and class, so yeah. I, I, I just immediately started up a new one because I can't stop playing it because it's so easy to play with shit going on. Like, I'm playing it it's and watching so football good. or I'm playing it and watching The Office, you know. So we're sitting here, and I have almost all these achievements, and I decided, you know, I'm going to go out and get the rest of the achievements. I only had, like, 20 left. Yeah. So it was like make a game with a bad combination, but get it sold well or whatever. But I never, I realized I never got a ten out of ten game before. Really? At least not on Steam. I th- probably when I got when I bought it off of you know whatever the fuck they sold it on, like GOG or whatever when it first yeah, came out. Yeah. I, but it didn't have achievements. So I, I was sitting here and Vinny's sitting right where you are, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna make a game about you. And I go, we're gonna call it Coin Man Quest, and it, <laughs> it was a prison escape adventure game marketed for children. <laughs> and made it as a complete joke fucked with all the sliders everything 10 out of 10 <laughs> I told Vinny I had, I had a bottle of Kraken sitting here and I had a glass of wine great combo by the way <laughs> totally didn't get lost on my way home. Like it's a great combo. Totally didn't get lost. Totally didn't accidentally walk to my old apartment thinking I was going back there <laughs> that I haven't lived in in fucking two years. <laughs> but uh, so I tell Vinny, I'm like, dude, I go if I get a, if I get one ten out of ten, I go, I'll slam this glass of wine and take a shot of Kraken. And he goes, all right. He goes, but if if it gets all tens out of tens, he goes, you got to fill up your wine glass with Kraken and chug it. Oh. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I go, it's a fucking prison escape adventure game for children. It's not going to get a 10 out of 10. Sure enough, it fucking happens. And so I slammed my drink. And from then on, every single game after that, being completely intoxicated and having Vinny chime in tips on what games to make, random <laughs> combos. I made like a text-based rhythm game with steering wheel support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got like a nine out of ten <laughs> for no reason. I used to love doing like, like ninja fucking RPG puzzle games. <laughs> it's like it works sometimes. So dude, it's so it's seriously so fun. And then of it course, is, you know, Seth pulled it up. He was playing it too for a little bit with that me. That game's great. It's so good. And I just realized that I fucked up my <sighs> first playthrough because I unlocked the research and development lab and never used it. I never hired anybody on for it. So for this one I'm doing it and I'm going to make an MMO. I uh, my company for this one is a combination of Blizzard and Bethesda. So I made I just do exclusively fantasy games, dungeon games, and uh, post-apocalyptic yeah, games. Yeah, that's all you need. So I created yeah. Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and Warcraft. And so, I hear they're remastering Warcraft 3. Yes. It's I, I need that. <laughs> that would right be cool. Right there. Bang, right there. Warcraft 3 Reforged. Yep, it's going to be good. It's going to be on phones. Cannot <laughs> wait for that. <laughs> it's going to be mobile only. Yeah. <laughs> mobile only. I would be surprised. With in-app purchases. As soon as Steam Link starts, yeah, I actually got Steam Link like on my phone. Yeah, they discontinued which is it. Cool. They did. They're not making. Oh well, I think it's still supported, but they're not making any more Steam Links. So if you if you need to buy the actual Steam Link, you should buy one as soon as possible. I don't Yikes. think. They, they I think just they're just turning just it into an app. Is what discontinued do. production? Maybe I don't know. Because it is an app now. So yeah. and it's still in a beta. We're, so you can like Bluetooth connect a fo- uh, controller to your phone. And then play Steam games. I found my Steam controller, which is underrated, by the way. I don't know if you, I have, you, one. you have one. I've heard they're good. They're pretty sweet. Uh, 
I don't know where my fucking USB port is for oh. it to use it, and I'm really fucking my upset about it. There. There's a little dongle that you have to use for it. Yep, that's I don't know where the dongle is, and so I gotta buy a new one. I might have to buy a new controller outright. I don't know if I can just buy the dongle. I didn't even think. Mm, you probably could. Probably Amazon or eBay or something. What time is it? Nine twenty. Oh. Yeah. Call it. I think we call it. Yeah. We'll call it. We're calling it. Over. We're gonna. We're gonna have to do this again. For sure. There's so much. To uh, talk about. Yeah, dude. For yeah. real. Like we should totally do one. Uh, earlier. We should do one. Uh, yeah, we could do one earlier in the day. Stay here for like yeah. fuck. Do like do like a Mark Berlin one where we go for like four and a half yeah. hours. Well, the one with <laughs> the one with Cass was. Yeah, we had a six hour long one with Cass. We did well within with two different days. We did like eight hours with Cass. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. that but was he great. Talked too. about like his trip. You know, skateboarding. He did. Yeah. We did uh, stay by stay. Like literally every place he stayed at, he took <clears> a solid like twenty minute. Yeah. Bit about and then. Yeah, man. Fucking. Great. Anytime. I, I could come over fucking next week and do it on Tuesday, too. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I'm yeah. not doing and shit. And then as soon as uh, I start working in the office, I can do uh, only weekends. Okay. Well, I can do during the week, but I'm, I'm not going to be drinking on uh, office nights. No, no way. For sure. Yeah. Definitely not doing that. Word. But, yeah. So, uh, we have, uh, you know... We got Dave Peel from Anabasis here. Yeah, Dave Peel. <laughs> Dave Peel from Anal Basis. <laughs> Hanging out. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to Dave Peel. Yep, you're cool. And uh, assumably, <laughs> there's probably a band out there called Anal Basis. Yeah. So, shout out there to those guys. Definitely is. Probably some kind of death metal band, yeah. I'm going to guess. It's a brutal death band. I would say Anal Basist. Uh, realistically, the number one name everybody get, says is. Anabasis. Everyone calls us Anabasis. And I, got, I can you get that. wicked hype when I asked. I'm like, oh, how's Anabasis doing? And you're like, you oh, pronounced it right. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I did? I don't <laughs> even get that. I you mean, know I who gets it, it right? Obvious. You know who gets it right? This is cool. Check this shit out. Uh, who can play the chamber on their phone right now? Go on YouTube and fucking do that. <laughs> just uh, go to the Anabasis page and just type Anabasis the chamber. There you go. Announcer Pat McAfee. <laughs> Goes crazy, yeah. Yeah. Here uh, we the, go. The chamber video. Oh, the chamber It's video. already playing, yeah. So you could be like, uh, I'll see if this works. This is pretty cool. Um, the important part is the Siri, not the, fuck the song. Who cares about the song? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Siri. Uh, who sings this song? Oh shit, should I turn it back up? Well, she's gotta hear it, yeah. She got, Siri calls me Chad. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, try it again. I turned yeah, it down. She's she's it. Siri, who sings this song? Hey Siri. Who sings this song? <laughs> Might not be able to hear it. Yep. No and way. Siri says Anavasis. She right. did it. Sounds to me like the chamber by Anavasis. 
Yeah. Wow. If Siri can get it right and it's a fucking robot, then <laughs> all of you can too. Yeah. <laughs> also, also we're going to get fucks. hit with copyrights. Yeah, <laughs> What's the no. song I'm playing? <laughs> oh, the song you're playing is called Terminal. Okay. So That's the second that. song on the album. It's also the best map for Modern Warfare 2. Is it really? Yeah, that's the one in the airport. Oh, that's the most fucked up thing ever that in gaming. That one's hard as fuck. Where you, you literally commit a terrorist <laughs> act in a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I've been playing Modern Warfare 2 on Steam. All right, guys. We'll, we'll hang and listen to that. And uh, yeah, I'll come back soon. Thanks right, for having me. This no was problem, man. It was fun. We'll do this again yeah. for sure. Enjoy the music, everyone. We'll see you soon. Yeah.